Welcome to the Communion Podcast, where we discuss topics of life, love, laughter, and all the things that make us human, both through the lens of faith and the absence thereof. So join us as we have fun learning what it's like to be human. Yeah, let's get into it. Money. I mean, we, we were talking about death last time, and then uh, we went to money, which is uh, probably more anxiety creating than death. Right. So, um, so I don't know. Let's get into it. So, why money? Yeah, let's start with that. Why money? I feel like personally, I've had a very evolving relationship with money, and I started calling it money when I came into this abundance mindset. Like, I started saying money when I was like trying to close big deals with my company and really thinking about how I can acquire more money. (laughs) Before that, it was just money. So money is like abundance to me. Um, But I feel like we've all probably had evolving relationships with money and I'm sure it's changed. Um, And it's also really complicated. And it also involves the way you were taught about money and how your parents view money. And like my parents are both immigrants. And so the immigrant money mentality is also very specific and interesting. Um, So I think we all just thought it'd be like a really juicy and interesting topic to dive into. Mm. I like that uh, whole idea of renaming it. I'm going to rename money something. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but I mean, a lot of times words have this like they bring this energy with them you know what I mean so when people go money they're like money <laughs> or whatever it is that they feel but you just like rename that thing you're like money and then it's like this is what it means to me like you're defining it and you're making it be what you need it to be and what you want it to be that's beautiful and pretty awesome and I hope that uh, some of these other people hear this and start calling theirs something I can't think anything yet but uh but yeah that's cool Awesome. Do you guys have any money stories? You brought up the immigrant thing. Um, do you have any money stories that like in, that you can say are like your your original money awareness uh, story? You know, I I think I like you know what I realized my my attitude towards money has been like I don't care about it. Like I don't want to. I don't want to deal about it. I don't care about it. Like it comes and it comes and it goes and it goes. But I think I'm I'm actually in that like revelation period of like what would it look like to create like generational wealth and stuff like that. Things that I've never allowed myself to ask because I have an immigrant mother as well. And I grew up with a single mother. So and she did really well. Like I was never like starved or anything. Like I had the clothes on the back. I had shoes to wear. I had food, but it was always like, it was like always like this kind of mysterious aspect to life for me that I like didn't want to touch because I didn't want to believe that I had to. It's almost like I felt like if I, if I paid attention to money, the other things that I valued would like lesson like my freedom or like my creativity or my individuality like I feel like all of that is traded to be able to like keep up on the hamster wheel and now I'm like okay there has to be another way because (laughs) like I've been like so up and down in money right now and right now I'm in the downswing of like oh I just quit my job like months ago but I've never like planned for the long term of like Mercedes what are you doing until now I'm 29 I'm like 
do I want to live this vicarious, like this, like precautiously or like, just like with wild abandon, like at some point I want to like build something lasting. So I have to like change this mindset of, I don't care about money. Cause I think that energy is just getting returned back to me, you know? That's cool. I guess I could throw out my immigrant card too. <laughs> so, so my dad's an immigrant and uh, he had the whole like um, came to America, make it happen kind of thing. Even though he, this one, isn't where he originally wanted to be but once he got here he was just like yo gotta get we gotta gotta do this so my dad always had money but my mom um she grew up her parents were came from immigrants but she uh grew up in the united states and really loved the idea of money sometimes had it sometimes didn't and it was a real crazy situation in our family because she it was like oh we're doing good and she never she would never save for when we weren't doing good and she had her own business which is um not the best way to handle it so we'd be doing good and she'd be like oh let's go out and buy all this crap and then next thing you know we'd be like oh now we don't have any money oh guess what no lights no water and like and now be like what the heck it was so unpredictable and um I just kind of developed a kind of mindset that was I don't know if it was exactly where you are Mercedes because I did think about like a little bit further ahead um but I also didn't want money to have power over me either um which is kind of goes to my personality type but um I remember when my mom and dad were divorced and um we were kind of struggling a little bit financially and I saw how bad my mom was feeling and I just like, I, I ended up, um, I was like six and she, uh, I had asked for, I told her I wanted to be an artist for some reason and I wanted to paint. And she asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I said, I want some paints and a paintbrush and a easel and a canvas and I'm just gonna paint some stuff. And then she bought me a typewriter instead and said, boy, you ain't gonna be an artist. You ain't gonna make no money being an artist. You're gonna be a writer or you know something else or a pastor. So, Obviously, I did one of them and kind of some, one of the other ones. But the first thing I wrote on the typewriter, first I was bothered. Then after I was bothered, I stuck my little piece of paper in there and I put, when I grow up, I want, then I put a dollar sign and then I put 999,999. And that's all I wrote on the paper. 999,999,999,999 until it filled up the whole page. So I was like not even some ungodly amount of money. And then I said to my grandmother, look what I'm going to have when I grow up. And she saw it. And she was like, she was like, boy, she's like, do you want to be evil? And I said, evil. And she's like, wanting money like that. That's like, you just, that's just saying, I want to be evil. Loving money is evil. And then I was like, oh crap, no, I want to be evil. And so that was like my like foundational, like money story was like, is we have it sometimes, sometimes we don't. Then I came up with just, oh, I'm going to have this. So I won't have to think about that part anymore because I have more than enough. Then my grandma told me, you're going to be evil. Um, so I just kind of like, I don't know. that now. And my, my thing with money right now is like, um, well, I know it's going to be there when I need it, but I don't know how. But it's actually been my experience, like consistently, that I'll be like, oh, shoot, I have no money. Then next thing you know, magically, Yes, I do. <laughs> so I don't know which what'll be what, but 
that's my nap. That's how I'm rolling with it. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna share. Okay. Um, I feel like all of our what you learn about money from childhood is what translates to when you are an adult. And then the adult work is like unlearning that and then building your own healthy relationship to money is what I'm hearing from both of you. And I think mine is similar where both my parents were immigrants, like in Asia were, I don't know if poor, I don't know if they were considered poor, but it was like my dad's side of the family, like tended to pigs, you know, like that was the lineage. And so coming to here, coming to America, they really both started from zero, like didn't speak the language, didn't have money, just came and made it. And so I have so much respect for my parents and my dad is a doctor. And so he was able to do really well for himself and then also build generational wealth. And I was able to buy a home here because I graduated early from college and he set out a, a college fund for me and he invested it. So he put in the money and I think it tripled by the time I got to college. And then I took that money out to buy a house. And so my dad was really, is really, really smart with money and knows how to invest and made it for himself. And at the same time is really, really calculated and not stingy, but like he still goes to Costco. He still saves coupons. He still has a very immigrant mentality of, I need to save every penny. I need to be as frugal as I can in order to be successful. And so I had that mentality and still do have that mentality as an adult of like, I used to keep really, really detailed spreadsheets every month of what I'm going to spend my money on, what my budgets are, and had a scarcity mindset of like, I need to protect my money. Otherwise, like it's just going to go away and I'm not going to be okay. And so lately I've been trying to make the shift of, can I just be a little bit more open with it and not be so frugal and someone said to me, the most renewable resource is money. Like it comes and it goes. And I know this is really tangled up in like privilege and, um, you know, the position that you were born into, but I, I also feel like money is energetics. Um, and I do feel like the more that I've been free with my money, the more I've seen come in. And I'm also in that same entrepreneurial mindset where sometimes I'll have a really good couple of months and I'll make a lot of money with my business. And then like, for example, this summer, it was so slow. Like we didn't have a lot of new projects. And so my money income has also always been fluctuating. And before I worked for myself, I could never get the promotion that I knew I deserved at companies that I was employed at, which is like another conversation for another time. But like, just really struggle to get to the level of income that I wanted to be at. Um, and so, yeah, now I'm at this place where it's like, how can I be more open with it? And I do find that the more I invest in like the people around me and my community and like spending my money with people, like it's like this circle. Like if I invest in the people around me and the companies, like the communities, the people that I want to see win, it like then helps me thrive. And it's just like virtual, virtuous cycle of like abundance. So I'm like starting to live into that. And it's 
been really interesting to see like more money come in with this mindset. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, I think like listening to the three of us, I think it's like maybe like some kind of amalgamation of everything that we said like I think that there's like being creative and not letting money dictate like what you do and how you do in terms of like your imagination because I think money especially if you're an artistic person I think money can stifle your creativity if you start thinking about how do you make money from your art and or whatever the case may be and then it's all of a sudden the same like free flowing energy that makes you want to be expressive and creative gets stifled because when you think about the money you're thinking about someone else you're no longer thinking about your own relationship to it you're thinking how can I get past the gatekeeper of money that is whoever so that they give me money and then your art or your creativity or your expression gets compromised and then and if you feel that and if you're a person that deeply feels like this like energetic expression that wants to just burst out into the world like ah! and you just want to give your whole being then it, it feels like they contradict each other um and then at the same time if you're like super structured and organized and you have you can have the money and blah 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 there's tends to be i think some layer of like okay now i have the money and a lot of times people say when i have the money then i'll do this 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 and this or then i'll express myself fully or then i'll tell people like they're, they're just saying f you money have you heard of f you money so yeah it's like enough money that you could tell anybody f you and it won't oh, really okay. do, do anything to you um and so some people they're looking for that that kind of like i can be free when and both of them i think can have their their spaces of tension and then uh, and I think there's a way of harmonizing all of it which I think we're kind of saying in if you listen to all the different things that we're saying together um so I, I think that's really rich to use that word intentionally uh conversation can I tell you guys a neat story that happened last week so we went to an amusement park the Elitch Gardens and um we were we've right after we bought our tickets we found out that you could buy um season pass for like basically the same price as the one day ticket and it would include parking and um and the halloween thing that we were going to so we were like don't and so we were trying to figure out how can we like refund it and then buy the season passes instead of just paying for the regular tickets or whatever and um, but they said, oh, you bought them online, so you can't change it. And, you know, you have to pay an upgrade fee or all this other stuff. So we were kind of like going into loss a little bit. But then I was just like, yeah, man, I ain't going to go into loss. Just like whatever. Let's just like just go to the park and we'll if we like it, we'll just pay the upgrade fee or whatever. And then I just kind of in passing said, and maybe there'll be a check in the in the um, mail when we get home that'll cover the extra cost. And so I just said that, like, without any really thinking about it, I just said, but just said it. So then you can figure out what happened. We went, we paid the upgrade fee, we got home. And then when we got home, I remembered that I had written something for this um, app company a while back. This was a little devotional kind of thing. And um, I had never, I was like, oh, did they ever pay me? And I went and looked and there was a pile of mail that had never been opened. And I looked <laughs> and there was a check and it was a, and it covered the cost of the tickets and stuff. Like it just happened and I was like, ah, look, see? And it just happened like, just like that. Um, 
and I've had other things like that happen too, but it was like, my hand was like, kind of like holding everything openly. So it was able to flow out and flow back in. And um, so anyway, have you either of you had any experiences like that before? I love that story. Do you want to go? I feel like most of my experiences are like that. I feel like because I'm always making like, kind of like impulsive spontaneous decisions like I'm I'm almost too reliant on those like unexpected forms of like safety nests and like checks in the mail and stuff like that and I think because of that I have an overall like abundance mindset of like I don't think I'll ever miss a meal I don't think I'll ever like be homeless or anything like that but I think there there's also like a layer of I think for me it's like okay I my bare minimum is always going to take care of been been taken care of and stuff like that but like is there more that I can strive for that like I have unconscious money fears or like security and stability fears that is stopping me from like being like it doesn't have to be this like random and uncontrolled and just like like is there more that I can strive for that I'm not seeing because of fears that I, I don't even know I have that I haven't addressed you know mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you are in a good place though to start with a baseline of like a healthy relationship to it where it's not a scarcity mindset and then growing from there. Um, Yeah, I was going to say something and it left my mind. (laughs) We were talking about, yeah, it left my mind. Um, But I was going to say, I did have like a same, same, but different in terms of a money story where I remember this one moment where I said goodbye to that community that I've told y'all about, um, that I used to run. And I said goodbye because it turned into a toxic environment. And I was like, this person needs to be out of my life. I can't be here. So I said goodbye. And then a couple like two days later, I had, a, I'm doing air quotes, a wedding to my current business partner where we shared our vows for the business, our commitment to each other, our commitment to the future. And then like a day later, we closed the biggest deal we've ever closed in our business. And I feel like that's the way it works for me is like when I set a boundary or like learn a lesson and show the universe that I am on the right path. I will like immediately, like day after see some sort of reward. And oftentimes it comes with like money or deals or like amazing opportunities in my inbox. And so that's kind of like the check where it's like, I had this great, like I acted in a way that was in alignment and then I got a gift from the universe. Um, But that that's like my similar money story. Yeah, I've I've actually had that happen to me when I when I quit my last job, I remember it was like, for a month, I knew like, I didn't want to work this job. And like, everybody around me was telling me like, Mercedes, you're, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, like, what are you doing? Like, this is fine. Like, just stay and stick it out. But like, my soul was crying. And I was like, I like, and finally, I had that conversation. And again, I do things without a plan. And this is not this is not recommended, (laughs) but like, after I finally like let go of that job a day later, I got like a check from, from actually Colorado and I'm in Nevada right now. And like, it was like some state 
tax return stuff that they owed me that was several hundreds of dollars and I was like oh this is at least like another month of bills and stuff and I'm like oh like so that kind of checks out of like when you set a boundary and you're like I don't know what's next but it has to be better than what this is like something comes through and it's like yeah I honor that energy I got you let's figure this out you're at least on the right path right now yeah, you know what this is bringing up for me hearing y'all say this is like the um I'm sure you're both aware of like the prosperity gospel. Have you heard of prosperity gospel? Neither one of you? Oh shoot. Man, I'm schooling you then. All right. So the prosperity gospel is basically this teaching that um if you that God uh blesses uh people with money like if they like they donate to the church or whatever the case may be then they're going to get money for it and there's a lot of people who they will like my mom used to do it sometimes like she would just be like all right I got like my bills eleven hundred dollars and all I have is one thousand and fifty but if I just give three hundred to the church I'll get three thousand back and then I'll be able to pay all of it and it's like like it's like a heavenly lottery or a heavenly like um lot machine or gambling or something and I should like mom you're like 50 bucks away man I just borrow 50 bucks and pay the bills don't do this crap so I wasn't uh about that that prosperity gospel and at the same time I have had experiences like where stuff like that like happens and it's not and so I think that there's some um thing to the idea that by like making decisions releasing letting go investing in like different ways like spiritually emotionally and financially or whatever it does return because I think that's like some kind of universal truth and at the same time I think that there's a danger in um an un uninformed way of looking at that principle because if we do if we do those things to get something without it just coming like totally from our own like inner core or our spiritual grounding or whatever it is then I don't think it necessarily yields that result so it's like kind of just like interesting I mean I, I don't really 100% know how to capture it but I know that there's a lot of people who are in very struggling situations because they they're trying to apply the exact principles we're saying but they maybe they're I don't know what the, I can't say what the deal is but I know that I've seen people like but I gave everything and nothing happened right. like what you know what I mean and and meanwhile we're like yeah and then I just was like whatever then a check came in the mail <laughs> you know I think you're right so. there is a fine line like when you describe the prosperity gospel to me it almost seems like a scheme from the church for them to get more money <laughs> And when I think about the line, like it, for me, it comes down to intention of like, am I doing this because like, I think it will get me rich or am I doing this and making this decision because it's in alignment with my values or, you know, it's, it's going to help people in some way. Like, I think for me, that's what the line is like, what is the intention of your actions? Um, Instead of, yeah, because when you think of just freely giving money away, that can be really, really dangerous. But if it's in the right place with the right intention, then I think mm -hmm. it can like come back to you energetically and money wise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it's, it's very interesting. The other thing is we live in a capitalistic society that everything seems to be transactional. Um, and the main way that people are able to measure uh, transactional 
uh, balance is through uh, money as a form of exchange, but then it ends up, I don't know, it, it's, it can be very corrupting, you know? And I think that so many people see that and so it creates a conflict. I read a quote one time that said, um, I think it's in the Dow, but I'm not 100% sure. It says something to the effect of, in an unjust society, it is shameful for someone to be rich. And in a just society, it's shameful for someone to be poor, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and because uh, I think like relationship with money is also um, connected to our relationship to the society that we live in, you know? For sure. It's, it's in a vacuum. Money and power is like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking of when I did work for other people and I had a low salary and I could not get that promotion. I could not get that raise. And I remember the person I was with at the time probably unconsciously like held money over my head of like, mm -hmm. oh, you're nothing without your family's money. Like you can't earn on your own, like what you what you were given and what you're privileged with and he made me have such a like shameful relationship to money um and I think even thinking about like women and what women earn in the workplace versus other genders like there's just so much tied up into money and my thought came back Mercedes of what what I was trying to say before of like oh shit it just went away <laughs> like my brain is like so all over the place this week. I'll um, pay you to remember. Oh, I was going to say, you do have a healthy relationship with money um, where like you, you know what enough is. And I think that is mm. the problem of American society. Like billionaires are a problem. People who just want more and more and more and more when it's like, what are you going to do with Bill, a billion dollars you know like it's just too much nobody needs that amount of money and so I do feel like coming from this end of the spectrum and then growing into like what is more abundant is so much healthier than just like wanting all the money in the world and then having your values all misaligned and all over the place because it's so much easier to solve when we're in a right headspace around what we want and what's power and what success and like what are healthy versions of that it's good enoughness is a big deal because a lot of people don't know what it is i wrote something about enoughness and then people were like what is enoughness like that's like i said something alien but in uh sweden they actually have a word for enoughness that i don't remember what that word is but they have it <laughs> in, in their culture <laughs> um and uh, but and and that concept um I think is a very like healthy concept and I used to kind of um have this thing about me like say I went to the grocery store and I bought a bag of chips um and they'd be like oh sir it's buy one get one free um so you should go get another one and I'd be like I don't want another one and then they was like but it's free and I'd be like I don't care and then they're like <laughs> Then it's like, but it's yours. You should go get it. I'm like, I don't care. I don't, I don't need two bags of chips. I want one bag of chips. I don't need two bags of chips. And then people and the people and other people who were ever with me would be like, man, why are you weird? You're weird. And I said, well, give it to that person. And they're like, it's not theirs. It's yours, sir. And I'm like, 
I'm like, what's what? Now I just don't even get into it anymore because my wife used to say that I, I was a little nutty <laughs> for being that way. But it's like, I knew what my enoughness was. And it's like, and I just like, was like, I don't have any reason to cross that line just because everyone, because it's free or whatever the case may be. And uh, yeah, because there's nothing's free in that way. You know what I mean? In my mind. So, mm-hmm. um, but we just get caught up in this like, cycle of whatever transactional cycle and like more is always better and sometimes people don't even know why they think more is better like I, I, I um did a workshop one time and I said okay all right first question what's better um one or ten and then they were like ten they didn't know what I was talking about so I said okay ten bees in your rectum they're like no no one I'm like oh you want one <laughs> they're like I'm like, and then I was like, see, you're just saying more is better. You don't even know why you're saying more is better. And I'm like, like, pay attention, you know? So I think that like the healthy relationship with anything is understanding enoughness, understanding balance, understanding like what, that more isn't always better just because it's more. um, And that there's different ways of being wealthy that sometimes manifest in money. And then sometimes it manifests in other things that money can't buy um that are like absolute like extraordinary abundance so yeah that word that word is super interesting to me enoughness because it seems I mean it seems highly individualized doesn't it but there has to be Mm -hmm. I guess um with the work that I was doing before when I was working for a nonprofit that worked to prevent homelessness like I think that was my tension a lot with the kind of work that I have always kind of wanted to do is like to me meeting them where they're at and giving them enough to like to eat or to see the next day or whatever was never enough for me and I would be like Mm. we can do so much more they like we can pull these people into thriving instead of just meeting them at this bare minimum and telling them that this is fine and and I don't know if that's wrong for me to even tell someone that like what you have isn't enough we should strive for more so it's it's interesting like do you guys think that's a more individual way of looking at things this enoughness concept yeah I think enoughness is totally individual like you know some people just want like a really simple life and, and they want to be able to eat and have a roof over their heads. And for them, that's enough. And then other people like, and I think I used to be ashamed to admit this, but like, I want to, I want to live in luxury. (laughs) I want to live in abundance. I want to eat the best food in the world. I want to go on fancy ass vacations. And as someone who's like, learning more about Buddhism, right? Like this is a very non-Buddhist value of like wanting luxury things, wanting abundance. Um, And so that's something that I'm also trying to make sense of in my head is like, can I still be, you know, spiritually aligned and strive for material things? And how do I make that make sense in my head? And how do I still feel like a good, humble person and also want to be like a baller, you know? (laughs) I'm still figuring that like cognitive dissonance out in my head. (laughs) I know, I think like, I think that one of the things that money does in terms of a communicative device is it communicates value and worth to 
like inanimate objects and things that we agree upon in our society. And because we're caught up in this like web of like interconnectivity, I think that there has there is a communication in this society that um, your value matches your checkbook. And so like a person may want like luxury, like you're saying, um, I'm going to break it down like spiritually now, right? So like luxury just comes from the word like light, you know, like it's the same word, like loose or looks or it's all from light. And so like, I think that there is a, a desire um, that all beings have to live from a place of lightness um, and a place of like fluidity and a place of like spaciousness. And then in our society, money translates into access to that. Like it's a passport, you know, to go into those worlds and to not be bound by the limitations that have been forced upon us generally speaking, by certain constructs. constructs, And so I think, like, and to some degree, I think you just want to be free, you know, and enjoy and, like, be live from your lightness, you know, maybe your, like, angelic inner being or something. And so the, your brain can go, oh, money will let me be able to do that. And then I can experience that, you know, that, like, luminescence of my being or whatever. So I think it, it kind of comes to that. And then some people experience that under different conditions, um, based on their society too because you know there's especially in some places there's like sadhus in India or something and you could be you know the dirtiest person in the country and like all and have nothing look like you're starving and if you take that same person drop them in like Boulder they'd be like look at that homeless person it's blah 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 and they'll be like some people might shame them you put that same person in India and they sit you know, on a rock and all these people are coming up saying, tell me your wisdom guru, because they are experiencing that same like expansiveness and luminescence and brilliance and the social context around them says, yeah, this is a way of accessing that. And so that's, I kind of like think probably is what happened is happening with you. You just blew my mind. That's totally right. It's like not the money that I'm after. It's what money can afford me and that feeling of freedom and spaciousness. And it's just in our society, we were taught that, you know, going on a, a, retreat, a beautiful retreat somewhere can get you that. And it it mm-hmm. is what gets me that in my cultural context and in this current society. Yeah. Um, so that just blew my mind. Like, it really is about like luxury coming from the word light. What? <laughs> also knowing that like, I don't want that luxury to be something that only I have or a select amount of people mm-hmm. have. Like, everyone deserves to be luxurious. And I think that mm-hmm. word has been so co-opted by capitalism and like advertising, right. but like we all deserve luxury. And yeah. what what is it that we're really talking about when we talk about luxury and richness and abundance? Um, wow. <laughs> I'll tell you a dope thing I had experience I had one time. I was, um, I'm gonna tell it short. So uh, this homeless dude came up to me. Um, I was standing in a line to get into a club and he comes up to me and he goes like, hey man, can everybody see you? And um, if I, I might've told you guys a story before, but anyway, he goes, can everybody see you? And I go, I think because they can. No, no, no. Just like, I think he was just like in another dimension. You know? Oh my God. No, not race. no, no, no. Not because of that. <laughs> I was like, racist homeless man. No, 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 no. no. I have racist homeless people too, but no, no. 
this dude just like and he was like are you and then he was like i was like i think so and he's like are you real and i was like yeah i'm, I'm real and then he goes um and he's like god loves me man and i was like oh yeah i don't doubt it and then he was like hold on and he went up to this ashtray and he pulled out like half a cigarette and he was like, I told you God loves me. All I wanted, he was like, I wanted a cigarette, but I also want to quit smoking. And now I found half a cigarette so I can smoke, but not smoke all the way. And then he was like, God loves me. And he was like, so excited. And it was like, he had found a million dollars, man. He was just like, yeah. And, and I was like, that's awesome. And like the people in line were like mad at me for talking to this guy. And they were like, <laughs> but he was like, so he was like, so excited. And he was like, can I come into the club with you? I said, sure. <laughs> and I paid for him to come in and then bought him a beer. And then everybody was like, people were just like, what? He brought a homeless guy in the club <laughs> and bought him a beer. And then, and then like the, in a way it ended, he was just like, man, he was like, he felt like he was in heaven, man. But that was his like luxury, you know. He was like, "This is amazing," and I was like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> and I wouldn't even have been there except for I was supposed to meet a woman there that stood me up, so I ended up hanging out with this homeless dude. And then, uh, <laughs> and he was like, "I can't believe this is happening." He's like, "Are you sure you're real?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm real." He said, like, "Well, punch me then." And I was like, "Okay." And then I, then I punched him, and everyone was like, "What is going on?" And he was like, "You're real. You're real." And I was like, it's just like crazy experience. But it was like, I don't know whatever happens. I never saw him again. But it was like he was like, it was like he had just gotten like the best luxury day, man. And it was like half a cigarette, a beer, and a punch. <laughs> That's amazing. And it was luxury. It was luxury. So yeah, I don't know. Life's weird. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm weird. We're all weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Well, I think this is cool. I think we like, I, I, this is rich right now. You know, the laughing, the sharing, the being open, being in wonder. This is like wealth, you know? Yeah. And I hopefully, For like, sure. yeah. Yep. And having the time to do this and like the space, I feel like it takes a lot of space to just stop doing what you're doing to like, be able to think creatively and like actually discuss this so like having this the mental space to do this is feels like a luxury as well mm -hmm. oh, that is a luxury yeah, yeah this is yeah. such a luxurious space and i <laughs> i learn so much every time we chat so thank you yeah, yeah. and hopefully if we ever post these somebody else will learn something too. <laughs> we will <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> yeah 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 but it's all good but it's awesome and uh i'm looking forward to our next conversation with what's gonna be social media right yeah yeah Wait, should i pause the recording should we say bye bye y'all bye everyone bye. peace yeah okay You have just listened to the Communion podcast hosted by Pedro Silva, Mercedes Davis, and Katarina Jang. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash communion podcast and on Instagram at communion podcast. Thank you so much for being here just as you are.